0: Good morning. It is Saturday, December 30th, 2023. Two days left of the year. I think tomorrow I will plan to do a biggest stories of the year and what's going to come next year, sort of attempt at predictions kind of show. Unless, of course, a bigger news story breaks. But as you may have noticed, things have been very quiet on the news front, except for the story we're going to talk about today. But first, I actually want to go and start with a prayer request that came through my social media feed today from Michael Hichborn. Yes, that Michael Hichborn of the Lepanto Institute. We are uh, mutuals, as they say, on, or friends on Facebook. He said he was going to write this this morning when he woke up, he got sidetracked. So, and he wrote this six hours ago. So he had, he, this was a, a post from yesterday. He said, last night, I dreamed that I was hanging out with my friend, Bob Evelyn who passed away of a a heart thing in 2010. In my dream, we were hanging out in his parents' living room, and I saw him sitting on the floor in raggy clothes, with his arms around his knees and his head in his arms. In my dream, I knew that he had passed. But as we were talking, I recognized that he was alive, but not fully. When I woke up, I had the sense that he was asking me for prayers. And when I looked at the calendar, I realized that today, meaning yesterday, was the anniversary of his passing. So I'm asking all of you to offer some prayers for his friend, Bob who passed away 13 years ago today, meaning yesterday. So if you would um, make sure to offer some of the traditional prayers for the repose of the Holy Souls for him, you can take a moment now if you want to to do so, it would be a great act of charity and kindness on your part and then may God reward you richly for it. So let's go into our story today. You've probably heard by now that yesterday Cardinal Burke met behind closed doors with Francis for the first time since 2016. 2016 being important here. 2016 was the year of Amoris Laetitia. 2016 was the year of the Dubia. The meeting reportedly did not go well. And I'm going to start here with the coverage of this by going to an outlet I, I normally kind of poke a little bit of fun at, even though they, they tend to be very serious. Um, but their actual story on this is pretty good. Their bias is unbelievable hidden. It's out in the open for everybody to see. And so we're going to go to, brace yourselves for this, where Peter is. Yes, I know. And where Mr. Lewis writes his article, Cardinal Burke's meeting with Pope Francis. He gets a lot of the basic details here pretty well, gives us some good context. And he frames it, of course, as Burke being the source of division and unity and lack of unity in the church, you know, (laughs) but okay. So let's go over here for a basic summary. I've got a couple, I've got a European source that gives us some more details and context. That's important. So he says earlier today, longtime papal critic, Cardinal Raymond Burke had a private audience with the Pope, his first in about seven years, seven years being important because the, that was the last time they met was before the dubia. Other than announcing that this meeting was on the Pope's schedule in the daily press bulletin, following standard protocol, the Vatican did not mention the purpose of the meeting or what was discussed. Reuters journalist Philip Puya reported that the date of Burke's last private meeting was November 10th, 2016. Puya wrote, asked by Reuters outside his residence in Rome if the meeting had gone well, Burke responded, well, I'm still alive. Let's pause for a second. How many of you have ever had like a meeting at work where or you've been at work and you saw some got called into a meeting with a boss and you asked him how it went after and that was their response? You know, that's not a sign that things were going well. Burke declined to give any additional details about the meeting. Later, Cindy Wooden, who is a Catholic News Service writer, wrote that Burke's secretary told the the outlet his eminence wishes to give no comment at this time. Wooden noted that various reports say Burke is expected to find his own apartment in Rome and move out of the Vatican accommodations by the end of February. In late November it was reported that Pope Francis had decided to cancel Burke's Vatican salary and to stop subsidizing the 75-year-old cardinal's rent due to Burke's decade-long campaign to undermine the unity of the church. Do you believe that? Do you believe Burke is the one who's undermining the unity of the church? If you do, I got some I got some wonderful beachfront property to sell you in Kansas. Great view of the beach. All right. Pelea summarized some of the highlights or lowlights. Again, there's uh, Mr. Lewis's uh, personal take on things coming in of Cardinal Burke's history with the Pope. Quote, he has an antagonistic relationship from Francis from the early years of his papacy. wonder why that is. In 2014, a year after Francis was chosen, the Pope removed Burke as head of a Vatican tribunal and moved him to a largely ceremonial post several days after Burke said the church under Francis was, quote, like a ship without a rudder. Huh. Man, Too bad that that's true, that that's what the church is like. This past October, Burke was among a handful of cardinals who openly challenged a worldwide month-long synod and asked for a clarification on whether the church could offer any kind of blessings for double-S couples, which he opposes. It's because Cardinal Burke has the faith. Hmm. In response, he made the public the same month. Francis hinted that the answer was a qualified yes. The Vatican formalized and explained its policy on blessings for double S couples in a major document from its doctrinal office on December 18th. Before the Synod began last October, Burke was the star guest of a gathering of conservatives in a theater near the Vatican, where he called for a defense against the, quote, poison of confusion, error, and division in the church. Burke was also one of four cardinals who publicly challenged the Pope on doctrinal issues regarding the family in 2016, end quote. These, um... Doctrinal issues, as he's characterized them, um, are the breaks from the unbroken history of the church regarding issues pertaining to matters of the flesh, the the unbreakable bond of holy matrimony. All these things that we have seen a clear break from and move towards secularism. On some will say, well, it's with more like Protestantism. Well, that's where secularism got the idea from, or where Protestants got the idea. Take your pick. But that's where we're moving secularism. <sighs> good morning, Raven Ray. Oh, yes, I keep forgetting that you are. <laughs> you are 12 hours ahead of us. I believe you're in Australia. Or no, you're in the Philippines. If I'm correct. Well, good morning or good evening to you. I hope your dinner was, was delightful. So, yeah, intense levels of cope on Lewis's part. Yeah, I, I won't disagree with that. The but that it does give us a good background, right? I mean, he does a, he does a good job of presenting the facts, when so credit where it's due, which is why I used him here. But here we're going to go with a, a European source on this. So we go to Info Vaticana with this one. Pope Francis face to face with Cardinal Burke: the explanation, the explanations after having taken away his salary and house in the Vatican. This is an archive version because. Um, actually this isn't from info. I'm not sure why I said info. Vaticana. This is from a European outlet with a paywall, but I have a way to give you this article. So we will just go over this here. Um, if, if, I will explain why for those who will inevitably later ask why I cited where Peter is. It's in my mind, citing them really is not that different than citing the national Catholic reporter. Both are biased, but they wear their biases on their sleeve. And I appreciate that. And the uh, proprietor of where Peter is has said that if Cardinal Burke somehow became Pope, he'd sell the website to somebody who would be capable of keeping the mission of the website going under a Burke pontificate. So at least he's honest there. So here we are, though, with this article where the where why there are explanations being taken away for get, taking away Burke's house. OK, because this is what we don't know why they met, but you can use some logic and figure out that this is why they met, especially in the rising tide of dissatisfaction and disunity in the church. I would doubt Francis is placing the blame on this on Cardinal, at Cardinal Burke's feet. After all, who has been silent since this document was released? Cardinal Burke. Now many people will think that that's uncharacteristic of him, but let's be honest with ourselves of the better bishops whose work, whose uh, public messages I bring to you here on this channel he's actually probably the, one of the least active in that front. For better or worse, he usually is out offering masses at places and doing the, jo- the job of a bishop. It's just that he's now without a diocese and functionally retired at the behest of Francis the Great and Merciful. So from the article, quote, it was the first appointment marked on the diary. Pope Bergoglio's day opened with a complex and rather frank conversation with what he considers his adversary in the Curia, the ultra-conservative Cardinal Raymond Leo Burke, renowned canonist, former head of the Supreme Tribunal of the Apostolic Signatura, and former chaplain of the Order of Malta. We'll pause here. For Americans who are not familiar, going back centuries, Europeans have often referred to the Pope by their given last name, and um, interchangeably with their chosen name. So you'll see Europeans refer to him as Pope Francis or Pope Bergoglio interchangeably. It's weird to us because it's not typically an American way of doing it. Pretty commonly done in Europe, though, and elsewhere. Continuing, Burke has given the pontificate a lot of trouble in recent years and has never hidden that certain theological choices were, in his opinion, in conflict with tradition and doctrine. Already at the time of the two synods on the family and the exhortation of Morse Letizia, the document with which the way to communion for the separated and remarried was opened, had raised serious doubts, asking Francis to account for the consequences that this would entail. Lately, it has detected other problems for the blessings of James Martin pairings, contained in the provision of the dicastery of of faith, which effectively cancels all previous provisions which prohibited forms of blessing for those relationships in question. For this reason, too, Francis has always counted him among the rigorous cardinals, more inclined to defend the norms, codes, and traditions than to meet the needs of the faithful and respond to the pastoral questions of an evolving world. The fact is that a rift has gradually been created between the pontiff and the American cardinal, very close to the to, to some of the uh, political organizations in the Americans in the United States, and the Republican trend linked to the anti-Moloch movement. Burke, reached by phone by Messagario after the hearing, limited himself to repeating, I don't want to make any comments, I wish everyone well, end quote, which is a typical Cardinal Burke response. Cardinal Burke may be the most measured of the better bishops, in his responses and his corrections to things. The last thing he wants to do is stir the pot. Not because he does not want to get into more trouble, but because that has been the way he has done things for the entire time most of us have been following his resistance to Francis. Now, Elsewhere, of course, he did report that after the meeting, saying that he is still alive, which is never a positive way to describe being in such meetings. I'm checking the uh, chat here again. Lynn Wade says she thinks Cardinal Burke is the only conservative, high-profile cardinal that has not spoken out after the document, which she found strange. Um, Brand Mueller hasn't either. Brand Mueller, to my knowledge, Brand Mueller is retired. though He's in his 80s or 90s. But he was one of the signature signatories to the new Dubia. And as to my knowledge, he hasn't spoken out either. Um Levitus says, This present darkness, the apostasy of a putative pontiff, prophecy screaming from the graves of saints. Cardinal Burke stepped into the den of a man possessed by demons and emerged his, emerged his comment is eerie. Right. Um, I mean, it could very well be that he was exposed to a form of anger that none, the cameras have never shown us. And that gave him much more insight that he has to mull over <laughs> with uh, dealing with Francis. But that's speculation. Did Cardinal Seurat speak out? He did. He um, had one line in a homily he gave somewhere about how the church will not give an inch on this issue. It wasn't even a full statement, but it was like a single throwaway line. Um, but let's continue here with this article. He said, back back to it, he said, quote, The last act of this complex relationship takes back to last month when during an interdepartmental meeting, Pope Francis gave orders to the competent heads of dicasteries to perceive administratively and remove both the apartment and the cardinal's plate from Burke. Cardinal's plate is the essentially the stipend or the pension given to cardinals who are in Rome. Some cardinals of the following days would point out to the Pope that it was too severe a measure and that Burke had done nothing more than express legitimate dissent in an environment of synodality. Now, hold on. Some of them absolutely were defending him for all the right reasons, saying that it's too far Anyone who doesn't like him, I suspect, we're afraid that they would be given the same treatment too. Rumor is that Burke comes from money and that he'll be fine, but this art, but the article later tells us that, that is that it is actually not that true. Anyway, there were no, there, there was nothing laid at his feet against the American Cardinal, such as to justify the step, according to the Cardinals. Furthermore, in the Curia, it was highlighted to the Pontiff that the consequences could also be serious for Peter's Pence. Given that the collection in the United States depends to a large extent on the generosity of conservative benefactors close to Cardinal Burke. In short, a mess. End quote. It's no secret that Cardinal Burke is like a darling among the more moneyed conservative and traditional Catholics in North America, and that Peters Pence literally does rely on that quarter of Catholics to provide a large amount of money large percentage of the money from North America, which is then rather not insignificant amount of money given to uh, Rome for the work of the Holy Father. And then recent years, that amount of money has suffered greatly. And those cardinals pointing this out are absolutely right. I would expect we're going to find out in the summer that the next collection of Peter's pence was historically low. Do not be surprised if that's the case. Okay, and yes, I fully expect Francis will be around by then. To give you a hint of what I plan to talk about tomorrow, in my big stories of the year live stream. Okay, and their implications for 2024. So please tune into that. That is going to be an interesting show. That may actually be preempted though by something else if we get bigger news coming out of Rome. But uh, today, unlikely though, given that we are at the lowest, slowest news uh, news cycle part of the um, of the year. Anyway, after that, Burke lost his pension from Rome and was told to move out of Vatican City by February, which is r- reportedly what's happening. One of the things that we need to remember here is that Francis is himself the actual driving force of schism in the church. And he, Cardinal, Cardinal Burke is not going to like this comparison, but it has been my position for years now, hence why I have an Archbishop Lefebvre homily on my channel right now that went live two hours ago, that those who try to maintain tradition, who just plant their feet and say no, are not the ones causing schism in a time of uncertainty and chaos. The ones who cause it are the innovators. They always are the ones who cause things. And now Burke has much more in common with someone he does not like much, Archbishop Lefebvre, than he probably ever thought he would. Now, Burke is not likely to be going out anytime soon, consecrating bishops without approval from Rome or blessing priests or you know, ordaining priests without approval from Rome or the local ordinary anytime soon. But in terms of where he is and how he's being treated by the, by the hierarchy, he has much more in common with that because Burke is defending the faith as he knows it compared to or in an environment characterized by just innovation after innovation after innovation. That all points in one way. That one way it's all pointing to is a much more secularized form of Catholicism. And because of that, Francis is actually the driving force of schism in the church. The lack of unity in the church is not caused by some putative schism and people critiquing Francis, but it's caused by Francis himself. Again, those who defend long-standing orthodoxy in the church are not schismatics. When innovators come into the temple of God to impose changes on the church, they are the schismatics by definition. They've just somehow found their way into the halls of power in our time to impose their schismatic desires on the rest of us. Burke is not a schismatic in this scenario. I'll let you figure out who the real schismatic is here. Back to the article, final bit from it, quote, the straw that would have made Francis lose his temper seems to have been a recent conference by Burke in which fully illustrating the theological rifts of the pontificate, he concluded that it is necessary to pray for a long time for the pontiff because it seems that Christ is putting a strain on his church. Then there was also the document signed by Burke together with four cardinals to contest the approach of the synod convened to give in the future the possibility of studying theological openings considered taboo, such as the uh, Deaconettes issue, the question of the James Martin sin, and the theme of uh, combating the Moloch ritual and its influence in the society. The theological questions posed by Burke, but shared by a large portion of the College of Cardinals, in that document are very simple. And here's quoting it, quote, Holy Father, is it possible that in some circumstances a pastor can bless, could bless unions between James Martin types, thus suggesting that the James Martin behavior in how much would it not be contrary to the law of God and the person's path towards God. This is a, a translation, so bear with it. A little bit the translation a bit, please. And again, in, the, in another question, the church could in the future have the power to confer priestly ordination on women, thus contradicting that the exclusive reservation of the sacrament of the baptized males, Belongs to the very substance of the sacrament of orders, which the church cannot change. Which is a question Can the church do this? In fact, the rift between the church is increasingly deeper, and certainly the ousting of Burke will not help calm things down. End quote. Again, who's causing it? It's not Burke. You don't go into schism by and you don't harm the unity of the church by raising your hand and saying there's something wrong here with everything that's going on. We need clarification. We need the actual truths of the faith taught. That's not how it works. You go into schism by forcing innovation on the people of God, as they call it now. Now, the questions that you heard in that last quote came from the dubia that I reported on in the waning days of the summer of 2023. Cardinal Fernandez answered that dubia with lightning speed and published the dubia himself in order to embarrass Cardinal Burke. Burke responded by showing that Fernandez answered the dubia with some dubious answers, if you'll forgive the expression, that were vague and frankly weren't answers at all. So they submitted another dubia that everyone's forgotten about, written as if they were addressed to first-year seminarians, with only yes or no answers as possible answers. That dubia was never answered. They never got a response. Fernandez never published his own response to it. They never got responses because these are the can we bless this yes or no can we do this yes or no can we do that yes or no because to answer any of those in the affirmative would have shown what the game was and to answer any of them in the in the negative would have said would have torpedoed everything they were doing and it's remembering something here one of the reasons Burke is under the is under their ire so much is that synodality is at this point the cornerstone of this alleged pontificate Going after synodality, as Burke did, and the the synodal so-called reforms is an attack on the legacy of Francis. If synodality transforms the church in a positive way, you will be referring to Francis in the future as as Pope St. Francis I. I guarantee you will be. That's the aim. They're trying to transform the church, and they think it's going to make things for the better. Because we are talking about people who are true believers. They truly, truly believe God has given them a mission to transform the church, that the church needs to change, fundamentally change. They are mission-driven. They truly believe what they're doing is from God. And remember that Francis said Burke was his enemy in the early reports about Burke losing his his pension. That report was denied by Rome later, but it is reiterated here in these, these more recent reports. And also, again... Burke's answer to how the meeting went was, well, I'm still alive. No one ever says that about a meeting that has gone well. All right. Let's take a brief look at Sissy Brooks. Sissy Brooks' orthodoxy is not being vindicated because they deny dogmas of the faith. They're heretics. So please, again, don't push their schism and heresy in on my channel, please. Not permitted. You are welcome for the prayers, Miriam. Glad to see you in the in tra- in the in the, in the chat. Is Fernandez pulling Francis strings? I doubt it. They've been of, of the same mind for years. He was the one who wrote a Mars Letizia, and he didn't have a job in the Roman Curia when he was writing a Mars Letizia. So, um, all right. I do want to give you a palate cleanser at the end of that. And so the palate cleanser, and I'm going to have all my posts, my my, my uh, sources at uh, trition.org. This is from a different Bishop Fernandez, Bishop Demetrio Fernandez, who was from Cordoba in South America. Here he says, other, other forms which they want to be called family are not. <laughs> this is his response, very short, to the blessing, the satanic blessing decree that came from Cardinal Fernandez and Francis. And actually... I have the wrong website pulled up. I have the summary pulled up. We're going to go with the actual full letter here because we just go straight to him. So here is his full letter. Jesus, Joseph, and Mary, Holy Family of Nazareth. In the middle of Christmas, we celebrate this Sunday the Feast of the Holy Family of Nazareth to contemplate, to learn, to commit to working for the family. It will immediately tell us that we are already with the traditional family to oppose it to the modern and more progressive. But we're not going there holy family of Nazareth is neither traditional nor progressive. It is the family of Jesus that inspires the Christian family. To call it traditional is to consider it old and outdated, out of fashion. I'm going to pause there and just say that what he's using there, he's using the word traditional in the way that it is practically used in the church now and in the broader society. It Remember, only to traditional Catholics is the word traditional like a good word. To most people, they, it makes them uncomfortable because it means adopting ideas that are out of fashion, right? And that's how he's using it here. He's trying to go with more timeless than anything else. He says, we prefer to call it a Christian family, which is based on the foundations that Christ had established and that are permanent because they respond to God's plan. The Christian family is one that is composed of a, of the way God ordered things, attracted by human love from, from Eros to Agape and the complementarity of of the matters of the flesh and open to life, which flows naturally from both. Other forms which today want to be called that are not. They neither respond to God's plan, nor are they capable of transmitting life, nor are they complementary to the realities of the flesh. The Holy Family of Nazareth is a fundamental reference for the Christian family. The Son of God made man has sanctified the family. He was born into a family. He grew up in a family with a father and mother and the psychological and emotional complementarity. Jesus Christ is the new man to whose measure each of us is made. This is not old or old-fashioned. Today he is perhaps newer than ever. It is simply the family as God has intended it and redeemed it in the love of Christ. There is sin, which has broken the harmony of the human heart. Also in the field of family. As old as sin is, is in uh, matters that violate the sixth and ninth commandments and all kinds of selfishness that sneak through the cracks of the human heart. That selfishness that transforms a love relationship into something nasty. Precisely that is why Jesus Christ has come, to heal the wounds of sin, and to bring their fullness to the great desires of the human heart. Not even a man can fill a woman's heart no matter how much he loves her. Not even a woman can fill a man's heart no matter how much she is in love. Both must recognize from the outset that they have an enormous need to be loved, and that neither one nor the other can fill that capacity of the other. What is the key to solving this enigma and this decomposition? Jesus Christ is the answer. He presents himself as a husband. He has given himself as a husband to his wife, the church, and he teaches husbands to love each other as he loves us. Husbands who come to Jesus Christ understand that the love they lack can only come from Jesus Christ, the husband, who redeems them with his love, heals their wounds, and makes them capable of forgiving without measure. Until the spouses both encounter Jesus Christ in depth, their marriage works at half throttle or does not work at all, and it, it breaks down. The family today suffers a tremendous erosion by society, by laws, by the customs that are being introduced. It suffers erosion from Christians who do not live their holy matrimony as God commands, nor have they discovered the depth of a love that lasts forever. It sometimes suffers erosion from the church itself with twisted interpretations of the teaching of Christ and with diminished proposals for human love. Pause. That's his response to this document. This is a more subtle response by preaching what sounds like the traditional teaching of the church on these matters and then giving you that dig there. The Feast of the Holy Family of Nazareth is once again a proposal of hope for everyone. Fidelity until the end is possible. Openness to life is possible to receive the children that God wants to send. It is possible to live in harmony for years and years for a lifetime. There we have the testimony of marriages that fulfill the silver and gold wedding in fidelity and harmony. It means long anniversaries. How beautiful the family is when it responds to God's plan. We are called to support it and make up for the shortcomings we find in our environment. The Christian family is the solution. It is never the problem. Receive my affection and blessings. Signed, Demetrio Fernandez, Bishop of Cordoba. Not Cardinal Fernandez. Fernandez being one of the most common names in that part of the world. All right. Miriam is asking for prayers, please. So keep her in your prayers. prayers. Orthodoxy of Faith by G.K. Chesterton. His book, Orthodoxy, is, is a classic. I put a segment of it up on my channel a few weeks ago, and somebody was like, he was not Catholic at this part. Unsubscribe. Okay, well, bye. <laughs> um, all right, see, so Ben was made a spicy comment. I'm not even worried. I've read the Bible and know who wins. Yes, that's uh, something to remember also. Joe says if you ask me synodality i think is used to disintegrate the church especially with the influx of all modern selfish ideologies. Fact check true. I mean that's there's no nothing unfactual about that. If enforcing fiducia supplicans is optional, does that mean enforcing traditionis custodis is now optional? People have asked that of Cardinal Fernandez and of course he's not going to give them an answer. All right. Are there any questions in the chat now before I wrap this up? Sissy Brooks says, the the Blessed Virgin Mary in her prophecies and best ch- children such as uh, Mother Maria, Tedes, Jesus, Lords Fatima, Padre Pio, St. Colbe are her reasons for not leaving the church and going east, which is good. Whatever it takes, right? Our, our Lord gives us many things to keep us anchored in the true church and the true faith whatever it takes, as long as those things come from God, which they will, because you'll stay communion with his church. All right. Let's see. I will just wrap this up here, unless there are any other questions in the chat. We will wrap things up. It is 5.30. I've got a video going live in an hour that many of you will probably find interesting. It's... um. More news on this topic as it's been happening, but not on the Cardinal Burke story, but on the actual decree itself, because it is the story that is not going to end. And yes, Sissy, the SSPX are valid. I understand a lot of people have qualms because in the eyes of your peers, you will be making a statement that because they have a misunderstanding of things. But the SSPX have played a vital role in things, and I'm absolutely certain that they are, they are, their mission is from God. That's why I put an Archbishop Lefebvre homily up this morning. At what point is set of a contest been an option? I I don't have anything said set of a contest. I just don't agree with them. So I I I don't know. Any update on cancel Priest? They they've been quiet since their argument early in December. All right. Thank you, folks, for tuning in. May you have a blessed day. Please, once again, pray for that friend of Michael Hitchborn that I started this video with and as always pray for the church i'm anthony stein ave maria